Pastor Melvin. God bless. Thank you, Pastor Kim. So the series is Living in the Promise. Now, as we understand that in the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verses 15, we see the promise. Now, we'll deal with it. And um, we will find out, as you know, it says out here, I will put enmity between your and the woman, between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. And he will crush your head, and you will crush, strike his heel. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before the throne of grace. I pray, Lord, that you would give me words, not, Lord, just my words, but your words. And let it come under the anointing of your Holy Spirit. As I speak, Lord, your word will take place in the people's hearts. And I pray, Lord, that each and every one of them will rejoice with the fact that we have a promise, a promise that we can hold on to. We give you all the praise, the glory, and honor this morning, for we ask this in Jesus' name. So the text that we are going to look at this morning is chapter Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. In, uh, as we read this, we would come to understand and then we would go into the promise and how the promise ties up with this word that comes from God. So in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel to Gabriel to Nazareth, the town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel, Mary, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And, and many of the many, sorry, and Mary greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, as we get into this passage of scripture, we see that Mary now says, but how this will be, or how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive in the sixth month, for the word, 
from the Lord will never fail. And then she says, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left. Now, as we look at this, we should be able to understand the depths of the whole passage of scripture. The promise was given in Genesis. We got to look at Adam and Eve was given a command. Adam was given the command. He was given the command and probably told his wife that this is what the Lord says. But she broke the command. Now the command was that you do not eat the fruit of the tree of good, of good and evil. Now she eats the fruit, gives it to her husband. What happens? They spiritually die because the word of God was clear that you will die spiritually. But at the saddest thing that happened, they had to be separated from God. They had to leave the beautiful garden that God created for them, separated them, had no more access to God as he would come in the cool of the day and fellowship and they would, you know, come and he said, hey, what are you doing, Adam? He said, I just named a few animals and they would fellowship. That's what scripture says. In the cool of the day, they fellowship. They enjoyed each other's company. But because of sin now, the angel comes and chases them out of the garden. You cannot be a part of this anymore, Adam and Eve. You have fallen into sin. So you're out. And the connection with God and the fellowship with God and all that they had was gone. And now... They are spiritually dead. So they cannot interact with God, who is a spirit. Because they are dead now, spiritually dead. So it was over. There's nothing that could be done. But God, in his whole knowledge, God says, I will send a redeemer the Messiah, so that you, as mankind, will be redeemed, will then come and have access to me. Your spirit will be regenerated. You will then come spirit alive. <coughs> and when your spirit comes alive, you will then have that fellowship, that interaction. That's why you see a child is born spiritually dead. When they get to that age of coming, to know the Lord Jesus Christ, the spirit is regenerated. Then his eyes is open to the spiritual things that God has in store for us as human beings, isn't it? But then a child has to get to the place of understanding. Otherwise, the child, my friends, is spiritually dead. And now... We need to be able to get a hold of this understanding because 
all the human beings after Adam and Eve just groved in their sin. They went and they could not be able to have this relationship with God. It was completely over. And by the favor and the grace of God, he reached out to few people who came and had a relationship with him, but not in the way we could have that relationship. And you can see in the Old Testament that they all look forward for this promise to be fulfilled. They all looked. Every prophet would look forward for the Redeemer, the Messiah, the Savior. They were all waiting. All waiting and patient to see this happen. And they were all Dead by the time it could come, many of them. But then comes the time where the promises, this promise, is being fulfilled. Now, as we look at this passage of scripture, I want to look at Mary, and then I want to look at Mary's life, and then we can apply it to our life. Because the scriptures have got to have application to our lives. But as you look at this whole point of view. Now I'm going to look at it from a biblical perspective. Okay. And we are looking at Mary. Mary is a person, but we have to look from a biblical point of view. Now, I was actually born in a mainline denomination where we have a very different doctrine about Mary. And uh, I mean, I don't want to get into, you know, what they, what they say and what they think, but we have to look at the Word of God. And the Word of God is very clear that we honor and respect Mary. We honor and respect Mary because definitely God chose her. She was somebody special that God chose her. Now, let's get into this now. What was so special about her? She was probably 13, 14. Some scholars said even she could be 16. Mary was like any other girls running around, playing, doing the chores in the house. And, you know, she would be just like any other young girl, just excited about life and running around. And in those days, the culture was when it came time for them to settle down, they would get the little girl or the whatever, settle down. And they are very young when they were settled. And so Mary knew that this is going to be a cup of tea. She would have to get married and, and, and meet the one that she's going to get married to. And she, of course, realizes that now here, this encounter with this angel, Luke chapter 26 to 38, this encounter now is a game changer. It changes her life. She doesn't know how to handle the situation. She's young. She's not had much experience in life. And the question that we need to ask, you know, what made Mary qualify to be a vessel to bring, or the instrument to bring the Savior into the world. She was a surrogate mother. That's all she was. But you can, some people can turn around and argue and say, but how can you say that? She brought Jesus, 
Wasn't Jesus God? So she was the mother of God? Don't you accept that? Friends, the Bible says in Luke chapter, she says in Luke chapter 1, 47 to 46, she says, I rejoice in God my Savior. Mary needed a Savior just like the apostles. And every human being on planet Earth needs a Savior. And that Savior is the Lord Jesus Christ. So Mary now is rejoicing, you know, she's rejoicing in the fact that, hey, I am going to be the vehicle, the instrument to bring the Savior of the world because I myself need the Savior to save me from my sin. We all need the Savior <coughs> to save us from our sins. And so Mary is very excited now, you know, sometimes we can assume, some people say, assume, oh, but she was a virgin. Therefore, God chose the young girl. Let me tell you something. If a young girl in those days of the culture, if she was, you know, engaged or betrothed to the man, she had to be a virgin. Now, if she was not a virgin, she would be stoned to death. That was the culture. That's the law. So, I don't think that would have qualified Mary to be the mother of the Savior. That didn't bring any sort of a qualifications. That was not something that you know, people would look and say, oh, because she's a virgin, you know, she's a virgin. And, 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 and the emphasis on virgin was always in, we must always remember, that, you know, when you're talking to people about Jesus and, you know, you talk, they may ask you a question. She could not have been a virgin after she had Jesus. So, the fact remains is, she was young, but she was chosen of God to be that vessel. Now, just like, for example, if you really look at it, what did she have? She was highly favored, chosen of God to bring the Savior. Did she deserve it? What did she do? You have you asked to, to do such a fantastic, wonderful thing because her name goes down and she would be called blessed and we would always talk about her and we will always reverence and we will always... Honor her. What was it? Nothing. Nothing. Just like Abraham was chosen to be the father of the nation. Who was Abraham? His father made idols. He was a pagan, but God came down in his grace, in his love, reached out and took Abraham, just like you and me today sitting down here. What did we deserve to be saved and born again? What did we deserve? We had nothing. We were depraved human beings in the world out there filled with all sorts of wrong and sin in our lives. But God stepped in and said, Come on, I love you. I want to save you. I want to redeem you. I want to give you life and life abundant. And he took us from that pit and put us on the rock. Nothing did we do, but only for his grace, my friends, 
because of his grace, we have found favor in God's eyes. It is his favor that takes us through life's journey, not anything else. Not that what we do, it's what he has already done. It's already what he has done. We have nothing to be, you know, think about, oh, I have to keep this, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. There's nothing. All we need to do is say, God, what you want to do in my life, you do it. I'm an open book. I want you to just do what you want to do in my life. Amen? So she was highly favored in the Lord's eyes. And my friends, in verse 27, uh, sorry, 29, Mary is greatly troubled. Now, she was young, as I said, she was inexperienced and she was quite shaken up with this experience. What is this? I mean, just imagine, young girl coming and suddenly this angel appears. Any one of us will be scared if an angel has to come and tell you something about what God has in store. If a full angel just slams and then you, you know, not only that, there's all, you know, she's, the words that he's using and so she's all flabbergasted, she's all upset, she doesn't know what to do. And then he says, do not be afraid, afraid because you have found favor in God's eyes. Now, if God is for you then, who can be against you? Romans 8.21. See, the thing is this. Now, when you look at something and God is asking you to do something, and you think, man, this is really big. I, I mean, I can't. I, I, I don't know how to be able to do it. But you feel being led. You feel that God wants you to do it. And maybe somebody here, I don't know. I felt this morning that God is trying to reach out to you. Maybe just that one person. If you feel so bogged down, so upset with the fact that you feel that there's something that, that I have to do which is so big, I can't do it. Remember this. God is in control of the situation because if God is with you, who can be against you? So he will take you through and he will do what he has to do through you and he will make the way. Now in 31 and 32, She's all upset and all, and then he, the angel has to convince her. Just imagine. Angel has to convince her to tell her how it's going to happen. The death, now, when she gets to hear that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon her, and she's going to be, now listen, she says, wow. In her mind, she would have thought, this is a death sentence. This is a death sentence for me. How will I tell Joseph? What is Joseph going to think about me? If Joseph goes out in the community and amongst the people and the elders and tells them this, she got engaged to me and now she's pregnant. Now, she's all upset and all, you know, what's going to happen? My friends, the fear that she has. Now, this experience for this young girl but we must realize that when God, you know, is saying this, he is going to make a way, isn't it? So then she begins to come to a place of understanding. Then she says, but how, you know, this is going to happen since I'm a virgin? 
Now, if you look at it, she's thinking logically. I mean, isn't there a process for anybody to be pregnant? And here you're telling me I, I'm going to fall pregnant without uh, the process. And I mean, she must have thought, probably, you know, how could this happen? Because I don't think so. She was talking about, you know, the physical side of it that, that, that she was, you know, going to think about. But she was talking about society, what's going to happen? But she's saying, hey, you're telling me I'm going to have a, a child. And she finds it very hard and difficult. And she says, how is it going to happen? And he explains to her. And then she looks at him and then she says, okay, she realizes, okay, God's going to work the way, okay. And then she asks. But then when she starts asking him, how can this be possible? This is where she had to understand that the natural will meet the supernatural. We live in a natural world and sometimes we forget the supernatural when we want something in our life and when you think it is too big for us we leave god out of the equation because then we limit ourselves to where we think that this is what we can do and this is what we cannot do and then we leave God out of the equation and God does not you know have any place in the situation that you are going through I want you to know that God is the God of the impossible and that's what the scripture says and here she now asks okay how this is going to be and the angel then was trying to convince her, listen, take, think about this, Mary. Elizabeth is an old woman. But she's already now, God's word came upon her. She's six months pregnant. How can an old woman do that? Because God makes a way. So anything that you go through in life, and if you think that it is impossible, I don't think so it's going to be possible because there are too many things that you know, hinder and there are so many pr problems that we would have to face. It's all sorts of situations that we have. Let me challenge you that God will make a way. He will make a way. And so this message now is to her because God is going to work the miracle. And so he tries to convince her and she's now, okay, she is convinced because she then realizes, yes, nothing's impossible with God. So all the things that God now is wanting her, she needs to get a hold of it and say, okay, I'm going to be able to let go and let God be God. Now that's our same attitude. Whenever you face a trial, a problem, a situation, when you don't feel that you could handle it, you cannot do it, I cannot make it, then you have got to be able to hand it over to God and say, God, you have to take it and you have got to work it for me. And I'll tell you, God comes through. 
And then after, after all this problem and all the convincing and everything, at verse 38 she says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you said. Now Mary submits. The key is submitting to God's will. Now there are issues. She has to face Joseph. She has to face the society. She could be stoned to death. All the problems are hard and are real. But she says, no. I am going to submit to God's will, no matter what. I will face it, and God will take me through. Same way, in life, you know, you will have issues. You will have trials. You will have whatever you have. You have got to be able to stand up and know that God will see you through. No matter how difficult it is, no matter how hard it is, God will see you through. And that is the thing that you have not, we as Christians got to get a hold of, that God will pave the way. Now, Mary, if you look at this whole passage of scripture then, later on, in Luke chapter 2 and verse 19, it says, Mary pondered it in her heart. See, Mary treasured it all these things and pondered it in her heart. Now, if you look at that passage of scripture, before this, the, the who comes to see Jesus were the shepherds. They just come up and they stand and said, the angel appeared to us and told us this child is born. Now, you know, in those days, the angels, I mean, sorry, the shepherds were the downtrodden. They looked, they looked down on shepherds as if it was one of the lowest sort of a trades or whatever it is. They were, they were just rejects of society. And they were nobody, so to speak. And yet, the message of the Savior being born goes to the shepherds. So, they hurry up and they come to see the child, to see what is happening, what the angel said. And they come in there and they see the child. And friends, when they see the child, only Mary understood the magnitude of the situation. Because you know why? How can the shepherds receive this revelation, not the Pharisees or the Sadducees or not Herod the king, nobody, the nobles in the city did not receive that revelation. This, or, or, or they you know, had this encounter with the angel. But the shepherds, the ones that are not considered anything to look upon, God reveals himself to them. That is why we Christians have a higher Knowledge of the things of God. A higher understanding of who God is. You know, when we go and when we talk to the unsaved people, when they, 
they, they, they can't comprehend us no matter how educated they are, how brilliant they are. But if we have to talk about the simple things of God and we have to say this is what the gospel says, they look at us as there's something wrong with you. Because they cannot understand the simple things of God because they cannot understand the revelation of who God is. But here Mary is pondering upon her heart that if God can reach out to the shepherds, which are nobodies, God does it to people who think that they are nobody. But God makes them a somebody. God makes them somebody who he can depend upon. And they are now reaching out and doing what God wants them to do. Now, to conclude this whole thing, we started in Genesis chapter 315. And then we see the visitation of the angel to Mary and the fulfillment of the promise. Where the Messiah is born. My friends, the Messiah is born, the angels, come, I'm sorry, the shepherds come and visit and we see that they come, not only that, they take the message of the Messiah, they go and start telling people that this is what we've seen, this is what we witnessed. And the word is spread that the Messiah is come. And I tell you, every single thing happens, and we can see this Mary just sitting down quietly and pondering it upon her heart. Because of course, as you know, he, Joseph receives that revelation by God himself. And they are now got the savior, the master, the redeemer come into their lives. And we can see that God is the God who wants us. And sometimes, what God shows us, it is important for us to ponder and not just go and blurt it out to people because people will think, oh, this fellow, there's something wrong. But wait upon God and God brings what he shows you in his time. And Mary knew as she pondered in her heart, you know, the thing is this, she received that revelation. The revelation of her being the Messiah's mother. She received it, she held it. Now see, the thing is this, she received that word, she lived, she acknowledged, same way today, we receive that revelation of two, as to who Jesus is. Let me tell you something. The world could never, ever come to know Jesus unless they have that revelation. Unless they have that revelation as to who Jesus is. When they have that revelation, there are a lot of things in the word of God. They only has to come by revelation. 
Nobody can just accept certain things, like for example, the Trinity, the Virgin, but all these things have to come by revelation. Not anybody, you know, who says, yes, yes, I believe this. No, they have to live the life in the revelation, knowing revelation knowledge is the most important thing for them to get a hold of, because it's the revelation knowledge that takes us through life's journey. We don't stop after being you know, saved and born again, we have that revelation as to who Jesus is. God wants to reveal on a daily basis to us his plan, his purpose, and he wants to take us to the place that is God in store for us. We have God who has paved the way for each and every one of us. No matter how difficult, no matter how fearful, no matter what is happening around in the world, my friends, we need to know that God has paved the way for us to keep going. He's paved it. And we, as Christians, must learn to live in revelation knowledge. And the revelation knowledge comes by you willing to say, God, I want to spend some time with you. I want to spend time, just get a hold of God with a few moments of prayer. Seek his face, love him, serve him, walk with him, open his word, read his word. You will find revelation knowledge in the word of God. And you will be prepared for the week and everything that is before you. It's because God wants to reveal more and more, just as he revealed himself, we are born again, we know Jesus, but our lives, my friend, he's got a path for us. If we are willing to come to that place and say, Lord, I want to live by revelation knowledge. And I want to give you all the praise, the glory and honor. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning for your word. I pray that you move by your spirit. Touch every life and pray, Lord, that everyone will take this word and rejoice in it. We give you all the praise, the glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Could I get the team up? We're going to end with a song today. know, uh, the series called Living in Promise. When you believe what someone has promised you, you'll live a different way. I go to work because I'm promised a paycheck. <laughs> it's true. And I keep going the next day because... My pay has paid me before, and I believe they'll keep paying me. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> if I didn't believe that, I just wouldn't go to work. Right now, we're living in promise that Christ will come again. He will make all things right. 